Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, Millhouse and Vertigool. You are the pad to our tie. Nice. Thanks. I had pad tie today. Oh, dude, I've been fiending for it's some pad so tie. It's every time. It's so good. Folks, thank you so much for subbing to the Patreon. It seriously means the world to us. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, The Daughter's War, the prequel to Christopher Buellman's The Black Tongue Thief, has finally gotten a release date, which is really, really cool. And the oh, cover nice. is amazing. The cover is just really red and brutal looking. So it is officially on sale for June 25th of 2024. So that's six months. It's going to go by really quickly. That's awesome. 416 pages. It says, enter the fray in this luminous new adventure from Christopher Buhlman set during the war-torn goblin-infested years just before <laughs> the Black Tongue Thief. So that uh, is if anybody, cover, <laughs> seriously, uh, yeah, it's a really good cover. It's so good. I really like the Black Tongue Thief a lot i did think it was i had i can't remember exactly what i had like a couple issues with it of, of feeling like it was just a little bit you thought it was too much it was it was a lot it was a lot yeah it's really cool like it's one of the most like unique books i've read this year uh, at least unique fantasy books and there's this thing uh, for people who are curious about it the black tongue thief is a very very cool book i love the black tongue thief i don't know what order like christopher buhlman wanted people to read these in there's like this constant like referencing of like this really brutal war that happened before the black tongue thief and I think it was a really awesome idea for Christopher Buhlman so to kind cool. of like go back and kind of explain a little bit more about that because it was one of the coolest things that you kind of hear about while reading this. And you're kind of like, why is everything the way that it is right now? It's so unique, right? Because like in no and almost no book series, do you have like war torn either presently happening when the book begins or having just been like completely devastated the country because we are normally going into that war that's what the story is about and how you know the hero who wins it but this is not about those wars at all and they yeah. that just happened and has been happening it's like the whole world was having like a world war for like 15 years that caused you know certain like there are no horses because the goblins like released a murderous um magic spell or something that killed oh, all the horses. I remember that. Giving, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. And like it twisted and changed the like a normal society that would be pretty like standard operating procedure for fantasy books. It made him really fresh and like really vivid and just it was a really great idea for him to start after the war was finished. And then write a prequel about that yeah, exact same I'm super thing. interested. Yeah. yeah, cool. I'm really excited to buy that when it comes out. And um, yeah, you know, Christopher Buhlman, I've read uh, Between Two Fires, which is the other like really popular book of his. And then um, I have uh, The Lesser Dead. And then I've, I've heard that Those Across the River is really good, too. So lots of Buhlman out there to read. But just a little bit, tiny little content warning for everybody. If you haven't read any of Buhlman's work, it's pretty dark and it's it's like he doesn't really pull a lot of punches with stuff flippantly so it can get a little gross sometimes but it's definitely super worth your time if you can handle a little gross and a little graphic and violent sometimes uh but that's the news i think there was like one more little bit of news but i like to do two if i can sometimes it is rough searching the news channels <laughs> out there yeah i mean so sometimes, sometimes google some serves it up to me on a platter i just yeah. log in it's like hey check this out i'm like perfect yeah exactly but uh also yeah definitely sometimes it's like ugh. Okay, not, not really anything happened at all this week, but, you know, I do like to give two updates when I can, and it looks like... I'm these... stuck on that first one, honestly. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. No, no, it's okay. Uh, so it looks like Dune Part 2 got bumped up to uh, March 15th, or excuse me, March 1st from March 15th. So they're bumping it up two weeks. 
wow. uh, which is really cool because it was supposed to come out like this fall like it was supposed to be like out around this time but i think that uh like the writer strike and just everything that was going on with all of that with sag after and stuff it pushed everything back and then they kind of looks like they kind of reassessed and they were like no we can get it out two weeks early like that's so rare i'm definitely gonna go see that like immediately like Hell yeah. i'm buying imax tickets like weeks in advance to go see that i really can't wait uh speaking of buying movie tickets though uh i bought tickets to go see the boy and the heron the new hayao miyazaki studio ghibli movie and i'll be seeing that at the hollywood theater uh, here in portland which is actually like just a few blocks away from my house but man i'm really really excited to see the new hayao miyazaki movie it looks so good it, it, i have just heard rave reviews about it people seem to love it and so i'm really excited to go see that and i'll fill everybody in on my thoughts uh, when i see that while i think those movies that he makes are awesome i think that he also has <laughs> are like you a to, are you i'm gonna, to, I'm gonna slow, you, throw a little shade oh right now oh my gosh Actually, we're about to lose followers we're about to lose listeners. no no i'm go, not go hating on it. the movies at no, all, lose at all. Us, i'm just lose us listeners chad go ahead i'm just yeah. saying that i think that he has a very dedicated fan base that are gonna just love just slurp up <laughs> anything that he comes uh, out with so i don't yeah. really trust it when i hear that because sure, like some yeah, of this stuff yeah. has been really good some of it has been like not as like groundbreakingly revolutionarily sick as was told to me yeah. though all of it is good and it's he's i mean, I mean he's an incredible artist i'm not taking that away from him i'm just saying crew. like sometimes yeah 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 the whole crew but i mean sometimes it's been so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna find <laughs> I'm gonna find the time to go and see it and, and make my opinion myself because like who knows you know who knows yeah uh, you know on Thanksgiving we had but Dune uh, Two is gonna be awesome I know that for sure dude nothing even even close as how excited I am for that that's gonna be so great so I guess I'll kind of like segue into my week real quick uh, yeah because, do it uh, so for Thanksgiving I don't really super celebrate Thanksgiving every year uh, my family's just kind of like all over the place and not a thankful person no I'm thankful I'm really grateful <laughs> uh, I don't even like you know, hate the holiday or anything. It's just never really been like a big deal for me or it hasn't been for like quite a few years because my family's just kind of all over the West Coast and I don't have a lot of money and, you know, it's just hard to kind of like really hook up with everybody every year. So this year um, we had nachos for Thanksgiving. We like bought a bunch mm. of nacho stuff and made like two giant trays of nachos with all the fixins on there and lots and lots of desserts and stuff. So it was really cool. But we watched uh, Ponyo, which is one of the studio ghibli movies and it's funny that you kind of mentioned you were like not all of them were like super groundbreaking yeah. and i got i got to i got to like, tell you like, okay so ponyo, <laughs> ponyo is it's got a great start and it's and it's and it's really cute and it's really cute but it's like super cute man it gets so weird like that movie gets really really weird like multiple times <laughs> so i don't think it's bad at all like um and we watched the dub version with like you know liam neeson that's and the way stuff. to do it yeah it was very cool i like like the fish animation and like all the water and stuff obviously like it's very very neat the art is beautiful i am a uh spirited away man myself like spirited away is and prince uh excuse me uh nausicaa of the valley of the wind i think more of a howl's uh, moving castles sort of guy myself yep. howl's moving castles i think it's got the best music howl's moving yeah, castle for sure. i think howl's moving castle has like the best like portrait like landscape shots you know what i mean because yeah. there's a lot of shots of like the castle moving like the flyover wide angle lens version in anime yeah uh the wind rises also if like you're a fan of like ghibli clouds you know like the big skyscapes uh <laughs> like those those things are um the sky boxes of just clouds uh the wind rises is really good it's a little boring um, I don't think it's like amazing, uh, but it is pretty cool. But yeah, uh, so I did that on Thanksgiving. I read a lot this week. I finished three books this week. Cool. 
and I'm working on some more. Uh, I almost finished four. I almost finished uh, Dragons of Winter Night. I'm really liking it still. I mean, I'm really liking Dragonlance. Uh, it just took a, it, man, it, for any Dragonlance fans that know what I'm talking about here, it, it really just kind of skipped over a bunch of stuff in like the middle of the second book. It was just like really jarring. I was just like, oh, okay. Like that's, why didn't we, what, what's going on right now? But I am almost finished with the second one. Uh, each book gets progressively shorter in the Dragonlance Chronicles, which is interesting. Usually in trilogies, they get a little longer every time. I kind of like that. They should no, keep the trend. It. Like that's a, I mean, like, it's not a new thing because those books have been out for a long time, but like that's the way no. it should be, I feel Ma like. Uh, you know? Mark Lawrence's Book of the Ancestor, each book gets progressively shorter. So I'm probably going to read those next year because I'm kind of into it. It's an inspiring format. Yeah, I mean, Dragonlance is going great. Uh, I think... I just wasn't as focused on it this week as I have been. I'm not really losing interest in it or anything. I'm just reading a lot of stuff. Still reading Dark Age. <laughs> uh, Dark Age is is is, uh, is a lot of book. It's so much book. Bro, it's I have to be in the mood for it. Let me speak this for the both of us. In my sure. notes, it says Dark Age colon. Not gonna lie, I read none of this. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't read a page. I've been chipping away at it, but like it's such a mood. You know what I mean? Like it's just. I'm almost done. I think it, yeah, we should have just we should have cracked all of Red Rising out in the summertime when it was nice and bright and cheery outside because like. Reading it when it's like rainy and windy and cold and like getting dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon. and like... Yeah, but this one wasn't our fault. The momentum stalling sure. that happened sure. was more an element, I believe, of the story than of the way that we attacked it. Because, man, it was a lot of things you yeah. trained through those first three because yeah. they were pulling us relentlessly along. You yeah, know? I'm excited to uh, finish that out. Uh, speaking of finishing stuff up, uh, finished Wrath by John Gwynn. I don't want to get super Same. into Faithful and the Fallen over on the Monday episode because, like, obviously, there's a lot of people listening that haven't read any of them, and it, I'm talking about the very last book. Uh, I will say I thought it was pretty cool at a lot of different parts. There's a lot of things I want to say about it, and also I'm pretty stoked to be done so we can move on to Scholomance finally. So fair enough. That, uh, for anybody that's listening and you're waiting for us to finish uh, Faithful and the Fallen, we have finished with it. We need to do our last episode for it, but we are about to start reading. This week, we are going to start reading Skolomance by Naomi Novik. The first book is called A Deadly Education. It is a nice, easy 300 pages, <laughs> which is so cool because Chad and I have been reading 700 page books. Oh, Evan hit me with that gift of information prior yeah. to this podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, finally we get like, <laughs> like a, a, real a coloring book. book or something. Yeah, like, yeah a normal size book that feels, it feels like. Like, I don't want to be like hoity-toity or anything, but it feels just like child's play. I'm like, oh, dude, 300, oh, 300 pages? pages? Yes. Um, <laughs> so for anybody that's that wants to read along with Skolomance uh, with us, it's three books. And I've heard it. I don't I don't know what it's about. I haven't looked into it. I usually I try to go into books blind like a lot of the time. Mansing Skolos. But uh, apparently it's like adult Harry Potter is how I've heard it put. Uh, Dear God, please. I really hope it. I've heard it's very vibey and like there's not like a ton of conflict going on with it. And it's, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> excited about it. Like uh, we also will have, be having uh, my good friend and a fellow content creator, Zoran, joining us for all three of those episodes. And she is hilarious. She's really insightful and really fun. Dude, with an awesome name like Zoran. Man, yeah, it's a really cool, cool name. So that's going to be really cool. To, um, look out for an episode for that probably next week not this coming week but the week after um so we'll get started on those speaking of other things that i've finished i read john steinbeck's uh, novella the pearl this week I, I read it in like two reading sessions pretty short was it a piece of treasure buried in spit okay so i, I really like steinbeck a lot this was it was a brutal book i'm gonna make a whole tiktok video about it and i, I need to kind of gather my thoughts i finished it today and 
it is really bleak and i don't even know if i like 100 agree with like the takeaway from it i think I, I agree with a lot of it but steinbeck was like it, you know basically what it, it's about a uh, a poor man living with his wife and his baby uh in a you know in like a brush house basically on the coast and he's like a diver by trade and he finds a, a big huge like valuable pearl uh, on the coast like in the in the ocean when he's diving you know he gets very excited about it and it's just uh, i don't want to give too much more of it away but it, you know it's like a cautionary tale almost like it's it's about like the acquisition of wealth and materialism and capitalism mm -hmm. and uh it, turns and, all your friends into enemies sort of thing yeah and like john steinbeck was really super not cool with capitalism at least from what I've read and you know what I mean? Like he was just really a very intense person about, um, you know, like just American commerce and, and Western commerce in general and stuff. And like his experiences with becoming a famous author and acquiring a lot more wealth than he kind of like knew what to do with. And, and like the way hmm, that it's it, an interesting it, perspective, like the effect that he it had on his life and stuff. And so the Pearl reads super cynical and it kind of put me in a weird mood. Like I finished it like shortly before we started recording this and like, how long is it? It's like a hundred pages. It's okay. really short. Um, but it's, I mean, uh, so like, you know, there's all that to it, but like, Oh my God, Steinbeck's writing is just, so amazing he's so vivid the man really loves describing plants like so much uh if you read east of eden the first uh <laughs> a lot of it <laughs> the first like few pages of it are a very dense description of the the uh the california basin um or that, that eden's region. in its name i would expect some sort of like flora fauna like super descriptiveness to be in that book you know it's just so good man like i mean like steinbeck is uh it's just so punchy and it's so to the point and it's so like visceral and vivid. I feel like Stephen King was reading a lot of Steinbeck. There's definitely like a lot of, I don't know, just like that same kind of like matter of fact prose that Stephen King has that very kind of like clear and concise and kind of like blue collar prose. Yeah. It's like, it's like bricklayer prose. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like the way that I try to like think about it. Like they get the job done. I'm really glad I read it. I, I've, I've been collecting penguin classics lately. Uh, like the black books with like the white, letters on the side of it totally. uh, so i grabbed like uh, don quixote by cervantes i grabbed wuthering heights uh, so i've already read that don quixote's always been one of those books that's in the category of like i'm gonna i, wanna, I know i, I know never do. i'm sure it's really cool but also i have a feeling it's not as good as everyone says it is like i and this is just this is from somebody who's never even read it so whatever but i'm hesitant to start don quixote because i feel like i'm going to be looking for something that might not be there you know but also, I could be really surprised too. I mean, I've heard it's like really funny, and it's like it super holds up, and it's like a cool story. Uh, you know, I, I always say I want to read more classics and stuff, and I do, but I kind of just gravitate toward them when I kind of when I feel like it. Like, um, I've been meaning to read Jane Eyre uh, for this entire year, and I haven't gotten to it. But I also picked up Sense and Sensibility by Jane Austen, and I kind of want to read more like Regency stuff because it's just it's just not as dark and gloomy. It leans a little bit more into humor and kind of like more observational than um internal but uh yeah there's some other classic stuff that i've been kind of meaning to get to like uh we by zavenyi zamyatin i think is how you pronounce it uh it's like a, that was it was a really good attempt it was uh, written before i'm pretty sure before uh, 1984 and brave new world and i think it's like the um dystopia book that kind of like gets forgotten about but apparently it's very very good and it's pretty short i've been really meaning to read some dickens because like i've read a christmas carol dickens is great yeah i've I've been meaning to get to some of that for sure i've read quite a bit of dickens in my youth and uh perhaps youth was not the appropriate stage to appreciate it but i really oh. enjoyed him when i was young even i would 
I would love to go back and read some of that. Yeah, I mean, I bought A Tale of Two Cities, which I've heard is like really amazing. But yeah, with classics, I really want to read a lot of them, just like with every, with all other kinds of books. It's just, I'm just more of a genre fiction person, so. Yeah, me too. Have you read Tom Sawyer, Hunk Finn? No, I've never read any uh, Mark oh, Twain. I should read those. Uh, Samuel Clemens. Dude. Clemens was my fave yeah. until I was like 14 or 15. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I, uh, I'll i get to it when I get to it. That's kind of like been my um, approach to classics. You know, it's like uh, with Steinbeck, which I wouldn't even, I would say he's like pretty modern um, compared to, you know, your Jane Austens and your Brontes and, and stuff um, and even your Twains. But yeah, like Steinbeck is just, a, you know, it's a hundred page Steinbeck book. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to crank that out. Right. If you're trying to find one to pr- bridge the gap kind of into the genre or the or out of the genre, I guess, I really would push you towards The Adventures of Huck Finn because he's on a very like twisted version of the hero's journey. It's very adventure and kind of filled with that, though, like American and has like a settlery, like early American vibe. It's also has that like mystical journey juice in it oh, as cool. he it goes on his adventure, you know, so it's a pretty good bridge the gap or one I would I would recommend. Uh, speaking of classics, in a different sense, I finished The Secret History by Donna Tartt. What's the secret? Uh, I can't tell you. Uh, oh, I mean, I guess uh, the secret is definitely kind of borne out pretty early on in that book, actually, in like the first really? sentence. Um, yeah, the structure of the book is really interesting. And by interesting, I mean kind of annoying. It bugged me a lot until I like sat and really thought about it for a while. And then I was I was into it. And then I th- thought about it more. And I was annoyed by it. And then I thought about it more. And I was like, this is genius. This is absolutely incredible. And then I thought about it more. And I was like, oh, it's kind of a tedious read. And then I thought about it more. And I was, is it like Memento? It's like the uh, movie in reverse. You know, where you're like, this oh, is no, just I mean, so lame. <laughs> it's, but okay, also so awesome. The Secret History and Memento are very different. But I mean, this the idea that like... Um, so like Donna Tartt tells you in the first sentence of the book that uh, somebody was murdered. So I've heard it called that, you know, there's like who done it, uh, but she calls it like a why done it. Like, why did they do this? You know what oh, I mean? Okay. So a motive. I really liked it a lot for when I was reading it, I was about, and I, I made kind of like a, maybe a little bit premature of a video where I was very excited about it on TikTok, And I, and I, you know, I was sincere, but I was about 250 pages into it. And I was like, so about halfway through the book. And I was like, man, this is probably the best book I've read all year. And then it like grinds to a halt at about halfway through the book and stays that way till the end. And it's just like, wait, what? Like, why is this book almost 600 pages long? Like, it was so amazing. And I connected like so much with it and was so engaged with it. And then it's, and I don't want to give anything away, obviously, but it's just very like tedious and repetitive but then, okay, then I was thinking about, and I think a lot of people listening to this have probably read The Secret History. And for those of you who haven't, uh, basically what it is is... Oh, way to make me feel super left out, bro. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you what it's about. So like basically what, what it's about, uh, The Secret History was released in 1992, and it is about a group of, of like 20-somethings, like very early 20s in a private college in like liberal arts college in uh vermont uh, it's styled after bennington college in vermont um so it's just like a very wealthy college uh private school affluent. uh yes affluent filled with really smart kids i saw the word affluent it's a good word it, it's about these kids at the beginning of the book it says that their friend is has been killed and so then the rest of the book is kind of like this very like mysterious kind of like hold your breath like everything's too normal like what's going on right now and then it's kind of like drip fed to you like what's really happening behind the scenes of like you kind of getting to know like this campus and like it's very it's 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 
brilliantly done. It gets so incredible. Is the rest of their lives interesting enough for drip fed to be a, a an approach that keeps your interest? <sighs> I don't know. It's like it's, it's so per, it's so subjective, man. Because like and, but and for like, you personally, no, uh, no. <laughs> no and, okay. and like, but I but I get like the more that I've thought about it, it's like I get why Tart approached it the way that she did, and I can really appreciate it. But like the actual act of reading it was really laborious for me like okay. i i was not into the last half of it i just wanted it to be over and i think that maybe in a way you're supposed to feel that way um it's interesting too because like uh her she dedicated the book to brett easton ellis who wrote american psycho um and i've had those same feelings while i was reading american psycho where it was like man this is just it's just when when I say tedious, it's it's like it's like this repetitive kind of like in American Psycho. Uh, one of the things that's really annoying about that book is that uh, the the characters in that book, a lot of what they're doing is they're just calling each other and trying to see where they're going to go to dinner and like what what clothes people are wearing and like just kind of stupid gossip that doesn't matter or anything. And it takes up so much of the prose of that book. Like it takes up so much of that actual story that you're just kind of like. This is so stupid, but like the point of it is that they are doing these stupid things that don't matter. Like Brett Easton Ellis right. also knew that that was annoying. You know what I mean? It's not. Right. It's how I feel about the Great Gatsby. Honestly. Well, so, so like with Donna Tart, it's like a lot of what's going on in the secret history is they're just like smoking cigarettes and looking for each other. Like there's so many parts of the book where they're like, <laughs> Charles uh, lit a cigarette and he's like, where's Henry? And then and like a few pages later, like they're at somebody else's house and Henry lights a cigarette and he's like, where's Francis? And it's, After it's a like, pensive drag. there's so much of it. And there's, and there's so much like drinking and smoking and passing out and, you know, waking Bourbon up. And, yeah. Um, but I think that there's a point to it. You know, and I think I understand the point. And I think I would even go as far as to say I really like the point. And I think that also, you know, I'm still gathering my thoughts, obviously, and I'll have a much more kind of like um, well thought out and well articulated video about this on TikTok, I'm sure, in a couple of days. But it seems to be kind of like Donna Tartt's send up almost of like like elitism in academia and um, not only elitism, but just like really well to do, like affluent young people kind of like being like so insulated against like the real world and like when something really real happens it's kind of like they're just not really prepared at all for it even though they're really intelligent people in a lot of ways uh, and i think that you know with donna tart being she was born in mississippi and then went to an extremely affluent like vermont uh i'm sure has you know pockets of poverty and stuff but it's like a pretty affluent state like there's you know totally. it's like the whole area like new england a lot of schools general. with uniforms yeah um so she went there i mean i'm sure a lot like with like rf kuang as well you know kind of like i feel like rf kuang is kind of like dug in a lot at academia and just like the upper echelons of it it sounds like the difference here is that one makes you feel the things by making you go through the emotions maybe that those people incite within you like the annoyance that you feel towards people who might be so closed and it's a little society like that. And she makes you feel that by the book itself being kind of tedious, um, yeah, which is a different yeah. approach. You know, I get um, I mean, I think that she might have modeled it after, excuse me, modeled it after um, a Greek tragedy, wherein, you know, like with Greek tragedies, you kind of have like the, the big event happen kind of in the middle. And then everything just keeps getting worse from there. 
Uh, and sure. I think that that's kind of the way that's why like the structure of the book feels a little lopsided and it just feels a little bit like it's over at the middle and it just kind of drags on. But mm. I think that she did that intentionally. I mean, I know she did it intentionally because she wrote the book and she's a very deliberate and intentional writer. Maybe she just wrote a boring second half. And I don't think that's what it is. Maybe it's actually supposed to be so dull. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, I really... I mean, the book is, is 30 years old at this point, and it's been so loved, and it's gone through like a revolution on social media and stuff. And I think that, you know, like an interesting thing about it is that like dark academia as an aesthetic and like as a genre is so celebrated. And I'm not knocking anybody that celebrates it. Uh, it is a really great aesthetic, but like also it kind of, I wonder sometimes like if when people like really love these kinds of books, I, I hope people aren't missing like the one of the Point. points of it is that like these people are actually like miserable right don't be those people is dark academia like high society or secret society is like a school sure. bones sort of harvard I, class is that what you mean kind of um, i mean so like there's different dark academia um you know immediately what comes to mind is like literally like a dark uh setting you know what I mean? But that's that, just that's why I thought just, like secret societies. Uh, I meant like dark, like lighting. What? <laughs> oh, you mean like like a like, gothic, yeah, uh, like visual appeal, right? But like that's not you know that's not what it is. Yeah, if it meant gothic, like in visualness, that'd be a really confusing. Like, dark it's, it's, be like what? I mean, there's so many different definitions of it because you could call it like an idealized version of higher education, like college. You know what I mean? Sure. But then also, I think what a lot of people associate dark academia with is like darker themes like it's set in an academic setting but like like with ninth house like there's some pretty dark themes with ninth house and with this book the secret history i mean like well, some of the reviews that i saw people were like i didn't like any of these characters and it's like well yeah like you're not supposed to like anybody in this book right i'm of the opinion that you you definitely don't like you don't have to like characters for them to be good characters no. um there's plenty of characters that are super unlikable and i think that there's two different ways to look at like what an unlikable character is. So uh, for me, like an unlikable character in the sense that you've got like Henry from The Secret History who is like, I would never hang out with this person. You know what I mean? Like, I do not like this person. I feel like that gets a little bit mixed up with like, unlikable characters as like this character wasn't constructed very well and it's like that's not true sure. like those two things are not necessarily the same thing you no, know one's poor uh, writing or poor like explanation of the character and the other one's like you don't like that person's values yeah like i would call quoth from name of the wind like an unlikable character because he's explained poorly no i think i just wouldn't hang i just wouldn't want to spend time with him oh like, it would be great for an hour or two Maybe, yeah, dope yeah, he's not that bad for sure. He tell you, but oh, he get tiring fast. But like that first hour or two would be really interesting. But then there's characters that you like to not like as well. You know, like Joffrey Baratheon. Totally. Joffrey, like, I, yeah. I hate, I hated that guy, but like I, I love it when he's it. on the page, though. You know yeah. what I mean? So I did wrap up the secret history. I'm gonna put out another video, uh, much like my kind of like Salem's Lot video or whatever. I'm just gonna kind of go a little deeper, make a little bit longer of a video. Shit, it sounded like it was better tasting going out than coming in, which is interesting for yeah. a book and yeah. rare. You know, so it's um, interesting perspective yeah i'm not running to go finish or read uh more donna tart books i've heard the goldfinch is pretty good but i've also heard it's garbage uh so i mean it doesn't <laughs> all of the things that i just said about secret history one thing that i can say super easily is that like donna tart is an incredible writer like really really amazing it's there were passages in that book like her description, like her ability to turn the seasons into their own settings and characters and just give, it's just like,
breathed so much life into like this kind of like dull and dreary area and just i really i know it's so kitschy it's it's so done everybody says this when they're reviewing stuff but like i really did feel like i was in vermont like at a private school <laughs> the writing is like when you start reading it if you just go to the go to the bookstore or go online sample it read the prologue it's like two pages long like everybody that's listening should go do this <laughs> like go still read the very prologue. good writing the read the prologue of the secret history and you'll be like damn like that oh my god yeah. like this person is uh, an incredibly gifted putting words together like wow it's inspiring to anyone who doesn't know just who that is off the top because i feel like there's a lot of i don't know we sure. throw on names sometimes but that um donna tart is a an american author super famous uh achieved critical public acclaim probably for mainly the little friend which was nominated for like the orange so you only has three there's only three it's just the little friend the secret history the goldfinch. And the goldfinch yeah 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 and she won like the andrew carnegie medal for fiction with the goldfinch so she's like yeah. a acclaimed author which man only having three i didn't really know that it was every 10 years she puts a book out it's crazy like apparently when the goldfinch came out it like ruined bookstores for like a couple weeks like it was, yeah. it's a it's a big event yeah i would love to hear the tale of her writing that first book because like after that mm, first one yeah. she's like i hope made it big and like had enough money to just oh, yeah. be an author for deal. 10 years but that first 10 years man that must have been rough i don't know man i, I, I apparently it had a ton of buzz uh, the secret history had a ton of buzz before it even came out and um wow it was i mean that's it, on on goodreads it has like six hundred thousand reviews so i mean <laughs> like it's sold into the millions for sure you know not to uh, judge a book by its cover but if you saw a picture of donna tart and you were instructed to be like give me five things this person's really good at you would be like literature and like writing <laughs> no, for you real. would totally nail it like you would to totally to say that yeah i would really yeah. really she seems like a, an endlessly interesting person and she knows where commas go i will say that book was rough to read in the process of me having quit <laughs> smoking like this so like it's cigarettes all over the place in that book like it's just a and it's funny too because i just finished salem's lot too which there was a lot of smoking in that book too um so i <laughs> i need to stop I don't know reading i feel like, like i've ever read that many books that have that much smoking Dude, in it and somehow you just like landed on the like, if you took a drink if you took a drink every time somebody in the secret history smoked a cigarette you'd be as drunk as the main characters and probably do things that are just as stupid because man there are it <laughs> i was like laughing i was i was like cracking up reading it like oh there it goes again you know like it's time to light a cigarette and the people are like lighting cigarettes with other cigarettes and stuff and it's just like <laughs> oh my god it's a cigarette of palooza uh so that's i think that's wow yeah that's everything for me i haven't i was like working a decent amount of thanksgiving yeah yeah so well, that's pretty... a lot of books you don't have to qualify it nothing right oh my now. god sorry i totally <laughs> forgot i totally forgot there was one more thing um so uh I haven't talked hey, about when this. Evan gives me like seven books and he's like, yeah, so I guess I could have read more. I'm like, dude, shut the hell up, bro. I could always <laughs> read more. But I forgot to mention to everybody. So uh, earlier this year, I remember I was I was really hyped up about something and it was All the Young Dudes by Miss King Bean. Oh, I never finished that. Well, I fizzled on that. Dude, so I got like, I got to about year five in it and I just stopped reading it. And it wasn't because I wasn't interested. I just, you know, it just happens. I picked it back up. And I'm cruising through it again. It's very, very long. I'm all, I'm in, I'm in like the end of year six right now. And each year, much like the Harry Potter books, each year kind of gets like progressively longer. If you're an author, let's switch that up, people. I really think the lesser as it <laughs> progresses will like yeah. sell books. Like what a momentum, you know? That's just great. But, but um, with all the young dudes, like I'm beside myself, y'all. With, with I I love this it's so good like it's maybe there's something i don't know i haven't done a ton of research she's gotta be 
a, a, an established author that just hasn't broken the news that she was the one. She's a very good writer. Very, very, very good. I, th- I, I like this more than Harry Potter. Really? I don't like it more than I liked Harry Potter when I was a kid. Don't get it twisted. I didn't like, I've never liked anything as much as I liked Harry Potter when I was a child. But I will say, if I was reading Harry Potter at the age, for the first time as an adult, like the age that I am, uh, and then I read all the young dudes, I would prefer all the young dudes. Like it's, it's just better. It's just, in my opinion, like I just like Remus more than Harry. Uh, I like James and Sirius and Peter and, and Marlene and Mary and Lily Potter and Snape, like Regulus is in it and uh, Harry's grandparents are in it and everything. And it's just, it's like the perfect mix of like everything I love about Harry Potter and a bunch of really new stuff. You know, there's so much vibes, like there's so much of uh, Remus studying and Lily studying and like all the interactions between all the Marauders and like every, the rest of the school and, and all this the stuff. things and, that we say we hate about other books that we really love about Harry Potter. I love it so much. It's so all much. vibes. There's so much vibes but also as i'm getting more into it you know i'm getting into the end of the sixth year and the first wizarding war is really ramping up actually and it's like you're starting to see like the wizarding world start to kind of like collapse in on itself under the weight of voldemort's reign like or at least attempted reign you know you can see like the divisions between the slytherin kids uh who their parents are kind of involved you know what i mean so it's like you got like barty crouch jr i guess his dad wasn't involved but you know you've got like all these kids um that turn into adults that are very prominent uh the second rise to power in the harry potter books in the 90s but it's just like the seeds of everything in this and man dude it is so like it's it's given me it is i don't it's funny because with with fan fiction it's like this is the only fan fiction i've ever read so i wonder if like this is like the cream of the this is like the best one it's like it's like one of the highest rated ones for sure i hate to say that like all fan fiction is like not as good or whatever i'm sure there's some amazing fan fiction, but like this seems like if you're saying it's you would prefer it to the original harry potter series like as an that adult seems pretty exceptional as an, as an adult, adult. Yeah. but still uh, yeah that seems pretty exceptional as a writing seal okay let's take a little path uh, a little second here and let's sure. open and close the door on mrs king being 89 what there is to know okay, thank you yeah and uh what you need to know and what we can all know and then move on um okay so miss king being being 89 the author of harry potter marauders classic era thick all the young dudes her identity is not known so like early gorillas super cool though whereas some people are trying to be mysterious and kind of capitalize on that mystery miss king being 89 seriously does not want to be found and there's a really cool like fanfic um theory that it's actually taylor swift but it's upon research not really have too much evidence behind it behind the 89 which taylor swift was born in 89 that seems like pretty loose <laughs> uh, connecting data wow but you know i don't think it's taylor swift wow, that's blowing my mind right now here's a quick message to close the door we've opened it let's close it about miss king being 89 and she released this herself quick reminder that I've repeatedly expressed my desire to remain anonymous, that I don't owe anybody anything, 
And then it makes me super uncomfortable and anxious to hear that there are strangers actively trying to, quote, find me. Besides just being an unpleasant and creepy way to spend your time, it will also be very disappointing for you if you succeed. I'm just an ordinary person living a very boring life. That's exactly what Taylor Swift would say. <laughs> so if you're trying to find her, stop. I do want to say, like, before I move on and, and, and give the mic back over to Chad so he can tell me about his week, for uh, all the young dudes, I'm very excited about it. But also, I do want to kind of like give a little disclaimer, and I will say this when I make some more content about it on the inter- on TikTok and stuff. It is for adults. Like, just if if you're a parent and your kid really likes Harry Potter, that's awesome. That uh, I am so excited for your kid's like journey into more fiction because Harry Potter is an amazing stepping stone for that. Don't it just. If your kid is like this 11 years to give them it's, after it's just don't. Yeah. I mean, uh, even Harry Potter gets pretty dark sometimes, but it's like not nothing compared to all the young dudes. It's very there's a lot of drinking. There's a lot of swearing. There's a lot of smoking. There's just it's just not for kids. Like so they smoke in like some magical ganja. Uh, there's just regular ganja, <laughs> oh, <laughs> which wow. is interesting. Um, I would expect a little more from the wizarding don't community. Don't even, large, get me, you know? don't even get me started because like if they're going to do drugs, why are you doing boring muggle drugs? Like, yeah, you guys have like Felix Felicis or whatever that like makes your luck uh, go up. Like that's insanity. And if you could do that and like feel like you're on MDMA, yeah. wow. But like obviously, um, you know, I'm, I'm not in charge of anybody's children or anything. I'm just saying like as a disclaimer, uh, the fantastic this, drug is, scene. <laughs> this is this is not a continuation of a of a child's reading of Harry Potter. So uh, do so at your own risk. But yeah, for adults, like, I mean, go, go crazy. Read it. It's awesome. It's really good. Uh, so that's it for me. Uh, go ahead, Chad. Hit it. Got to talk for so long. Talk for so no, long. No, you're good. You're good. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it was kind of, I think it aided the reading community at large that you took a little break from it, honestly, and kind of just didn't, because, okay, this to someone on the outside looking in what they may not get, and maybe they, well, maybe they actually do get it really well, is like, as a content creator about books, if you spend too long on one series, you get really aware of the fact, <laughs> yeah, you get really aware of the fact, well, at least, I think we're probably more in our head about it than is actual the reality, but we think, anyway, that people are super sick of hearing us talking about a super and that's probably mostly true like i'm currently super feeling that right now with he who fights with monsters it's a nine book series it's gonna take me forever and i'm reading like three books simultaneously and man i know everyone here is like dude we get it you're reading one of those books (laughs) um right now and you're loving it probably like all of that is true so i think you know in the theme of not doing a book review any slight and giving it like the due it deserves taking a little break and then coming back with like that pent up oh yeah all the young dudes so energy it. that you yeah. just blasted us with those like pretty pretty heavy hitting oh, i think yeah. that cool. a lot more people will go and read that book now than if you just continued like kind of mentioning it dude it's free i'm going to do with you fights with monsters this is not me saying i'm not going to do that just saying <laughs> your way is better <laughs> thanks chad of course okay so as I already admitted, um, my it is my shame that Dark Age, I did not read a page. <laughs> it was a dark page because no light shone on those pages. Wow. Just weren't in the mood for it. Wasn't in the mood for it, man. Yeah. Like, I just no, was I like, you. nah. Yeah. Nah. So I really have nothing to say about that. Besides, I'm very close to being done and should have, but didn't. Wrath. You said as much as I'm going to say also as well, though I think yeah. I liked it more than I think you, you did. Yeah, run. For for anybody wondering, Chad has like texted me a couple of times and been like, are you at that part yet? And I'm like, yeah, I read it. And he's just like, wow, that was fucking well, crazy. Normally Evan like calls me, you know, yeah. like talks to me about shit. Whatever. Which We're is different fine. People. Totally, totally. And it's good that we have like it's what the worst case scenario is when both of us like don't like something or find something just like uninteresting because then we just have yeah. no like at least now we have like a dichotomy like a difference of yeah, opinion that we can kind it. of flesh out which is interesting they're like an unrelenting on surprise at the shocker ending no 
Yeah. No, no, there wasn't. But like, is my previously unknown? It could be fulfilled lust for war and large scale violence, which is surprisingly rather sated for the moment. Like, it <laughs> is actually because like I'm coming off the Poppy War trilogy and now right. Faithful in the Fallen and coming from a guy who loves his large scale strategic battle and like hammer and anvil and like flanking, like give me a cavalry charge right now. I'm like pretty good. If I didn't read any large scale violence for a little while, <laughs> yeah, I'd be totally. like totally fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I need to focus on like Dritz to do it in like hand to hand one on one violence. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Not the like casual. Okay. I don't want to talk about that right now. <laughs> we'll get into it on the episode. <laughs> it would be a good episode. Make sure yeah, that you listen yeah. to The Faithful Fallen. Uh, and well, I'm not going to say any more about it. Okay. I finished uh, The Hobbit. That is one thing that I did hey, finish. Nice. And I mean, I guess I finished Rasty, but I was almost done last week. Man, what a breeze of a book. What a what a like delicious apple fritter of a book. It's it's like yeah. big enough that you're like full when you're done with it. You're like, okay, but it's still like totally a donut. Yeah. And it's just it's that's two hundred what, two hundred and sixty, two hundred and seventy pages of just oh, breeze of just, it. of just like nonstop and deliciousness. Man, yeah. How does yours smell? Mine smell real good. But like, I feel like, like that six old classic musky. Oh yeah, you do. Yeah, oh, you have, have so many. I almost bought another like there was a, a Black Friday deal for like a Lord of the Rings like all in one like hardcover edition for like eighteen bucks, but I decided not to get it because it was just like relax. Right. Like I have so. I many. literally have in my gifts note folder in my phone. Evan collects Lord of the Rings and specifically, well, The Hobbit and all of them. It's all of them, right? Not I mean, just yeah, the Hobbits. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm collecting Tolkien pretty much. Yeah, like yeah. This. Uh, it's still eighteen dollars. I had to go check. No, Evan. All right, I'm gonna put it in my. I'm gonna put it in my. I'm gonna put no, it in my wish Evan. list. I'm gonna put it in my wish list. Not saying anybody so, else to do anything. I'm just gonna throw it in there. Okay, this is relevant. I was answering some Patreon uh, mail. I was talking to the best community ever. If you want to go help Evan and I out and tell us that you love us, go join that Patreon uh, and send us awesome messages. And I was messaging someone earlier today because you said in a previous episode that the hard copies of uh, the Red Rising books, like the last at the first two or something, were really hard to find. And like, obviously, you can go online and just buy them. Um, and I like, oh, yeah, but I like finding them in the wild. Okay, you know? like, yeah. <laughs> that, dude, that is incredible. You just used that exact phrase. I can I... pull up my email that I responded, and I was like, you know, because it's clearly a message to you, but I was like, I'm gonna respond. And I was like, you know, this is Chad, and I think I can speak for Evan when I say there's a weird quirk that I think men is shared by a lot of book people, probably even the person sending us the message that you weren't saying it wasn't hard to find. Like it's of course we can just go buy it online. You're like trying to find it in the wild. And I usually, I I literally used that sentence in the wild. I think twice in my message back of like, yeah, cause there's something it's like a bigger win. Like it's like a legit find if you find it. So let's not count off. I want to make sure in my email, I'm sure I made it very clear that getting sent book mail by someone else who bought it online is actually a totally legit find. That's like not breaking anything. That's that's legit. Legit find. If someone else buys it for you online. Very cool. But like, I just found uh, red rising hardcover by Pierce Brown. Very good condition for $17. That's a dollar cheaper than the paperback is brand new. So yeah, I mean, it's easy. It's not hard (laughs) to find one Google. You can buy them on Amazon, but you're trying to find them in the wild, which I think is just a lovely quirk of, I, I hope many bookish folks. I think the reason I like it is because it, it, it gives me a reason to, to not, it, it, well, that too, but it gives me a reason to not spend like hundreds of dollars on like, on like getting my bookshelf, like with all the heart, totally. you know what I mean? Like, I don't it's not like a, like a greedy grab. It's like a scavenger hunt. Right. It's like, and then I can justify spending the money if I do see it. Right, because I'm like, gem. Cause, yeah, it's like, when am I going to find this again? But Never. it's like, it's like, obviously that's silly. Cause it's like, Evan, 
<laughs> you can you can what do you mean when are you gonna find it again it's Dude, always available <laughs> i'm so glad i answered this message back the way i did because you literally like took the literal words out of my mouth and i was like i'm gonna guess what evan meant was this because i feel the same and i'm exactly probably like i, I said sure that the person sending us the message probably feels the same way about it. it's just fun to find them in their natural habitat you know just so great that's really cool i told the person that i would tell you this so i'm telling you now in front of thousands of people because that's cool um they also offered their hardcover they had the two hardcover editions of the one that you were like it's so hard to find they're like i have them i'll send them to him which was just the sweetest i was like i don't think evan would want you to do that but i'll let you know if there's some like super heavy reason that he needs them right now that i don't know about but uh but yeah it was super sweet of her to offer that's really really cool of you thank you yeah i mean if, if you just don't want them at all and you're like I need to get rid of these. Like, yeah, send them to me for sure. <laughs> but I won't say no. But uh, also, um, those you know, you don't have to send me your books. It's cool. They're, they're your yeah. books. They're on the shelf. I get you. That I was you. Uh, Re- you. Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Yeah, she was super sweet, and and she's got your back, dude. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's so awesome. The big community is the best. Okay, let's see here. Okay, finish the Hobbit. I read almost. I know I like am going to be super hypocritical and saying this but i'm going to anyway because it's the truth i finished I, oh, I started and almost finished another he who fights with monsters for two reasons one it's good to be back baby it's like <laughs> back to its core you know yeah. we had a couple hundred pages of things that i was just wasn't super stoked about uh just a setting i'm not hyped on and uh but you know it wasn't bad by any means it was just like a I don't know, stuff that i wasn't hyped about and without giving spoilers away and man we're just uh, it's back to its core great the epicness the size of the story may have expanded a bit but um in a totally awesome way that's just just great also i really want to finish he who fights with monsters before we start malazan and throne of glass because i don't need three ginormous book series to be reading simultaneously like you know reading lord of the rings is one thing that's like a it's like a dalliance on the side you know it's kind of like yeah. a little like oh naughty you know <laughs> can you know a little midnight snack if I don't finish it, I'm not going to be like, I'll bend out of shape. Whereas like I'm in my fighting monster. I'm deep in it now. If I don't finish it, I will literally think less of myself. So I have to just keep going forward on that one. And I'm really hoping to finish them before we start those two. So that's my goal. Um, and we'll see if I hit it. I also started. Oh, and this links well to one thing I want to talk about is a book mail. I'm going to interrupt myself with a book mail item right now. because hey, Yeah, let's see it. The, congratulations on the self the self-control. You know, that's uh, it's really impressive because it's really hard. You spoke too soon. I I opened this and started ah. reading it already. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's why it's relevant because uh, I'm okay, not gonna. Yeah. I kind of forgot because I was expecting some Amazon packages that day, and mine actually didn't come until the next day. But uh, I thought this was a guitar stand, not a book, and oh, so I should have read it. Okay. But I mean, it does say Chadwick on the ones that are book mail, and it totally says Chadwick on this. So like. I was probably just lying to myself. I don't know. But I opened it up um, in a fit of passion and not self-control. And lo and behold, did I find a delectable little hardcover Murtag by old Pauline. Hey, awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah. That was sent to me from Bert. Bert, thank you so much for this beautiful book. Oh, Bert is the uh, the very nice person that sent me the uh, the the Hobbit illustrated edition so Dude, thank you a Bert. beautiful beautiful book we probably guilt tripped him and like well i sent one one now i gotta send the other <laughs> thank you this book is awesome and i really wanted to read it and am currently reading it and it's good i'm not very far in i'm just like i don't know 80 pages or so 
It's a behemoth of a novel. Yeah, it's um, really long. I'm happy to report Christopher Paolini upgraded his picture in the back a little bit. <laughs> he had this really funny, like, steepled fingers one, in the last <laughs> one that I was not the biggest fan of. Um, but this one's very sophisticated. And yeah, so this book's almost 700 pages long. But I don't really expect it to be, like, that meaty, considering, like, you know, would you... Would meaty be in the top, like, five words that you would choose to describe Aragon? No, not really. No. No, so I think I'll breeze through it. He did tell us when we interviewed him that it was going to, like, more, like, adult theme. But, like, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be, like, that crazy advanced, you know? Yeah, I have it over here. I bought it the day it came out. Oh, really? You should read it with me. Um, I probably won't. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do an episode so about yeah, it. Maybe I I'll just release to. it just to the podcast. Yeah. No, uh, to the Patreon. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to get to it eventually. There's like, I have like a whole stack over here of like stuff that I'm going to try to get to really soon. Like one of them is, uh, I want to read, I still haven't read book, Bookshops and Bone Dust. Like I need to read it. I just, I haven't had time and I really want to, I, I know I'll read it in like a couple of days. And Travis right. Baldry sent me the, um, just the, like the audio book after we. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm sure so you have 30 books that you could say the exact, I do on my bookshelf and, uh. Yeah, yeah, like uh, so I've got um, I really want to get to uh, Rin Chupeco's Silver Under Nightfall. I really want to get to that like as soon as I possibly can because I've heard it's really good. And then I've got like uh, The Will of the Many by James Eilington. The new uh, apparently it's amazing. Like apparently like it's like the the best fantasy. Dude, book. And so is all the oh yeah R R Verdi's first binding. I really want to get to that pretty. Soon. There's so much man. Like it's just uh, like it's it's crazy because like I feel like we read You're not gonna a lot. run out of content. Yeah, no, I'm not. Nowhere am I going to feel bad about not reading em- uh, uh, enough, but I am going to be excited for reading more for sure. Well, I like I took a little break from writing. Like, um, if, if anybody was had noticed, like we hadn't put out the tale chapters. We had kind of like got that going. Dude, which I'm fiending over here. By I the know. Way. I'm sorry. Like we've been waiting on me, but I haven't really been. I've been. I was gonna do. Uh, NaNoWriMo and I just handed in like the f- submission edits for my book in like mid-October so I've been writing like just in a frenzy up until then and then I started yeah. right after Fano. that right after that I was I started drafting this whole other thing and then I just kind of like with the stress of being on submission I was just like all right just I'm just gonna take a break for a little bit and I think that's good to do you know yeah come back fresh and excited and i think that coming back to a book that i need to get doing more edits on soon i think that's like one of Stephen king's <laughs> i need to get on that too yeah <laughs> yeah i need to get back into that but you know it's funny because like writing takes up so much of my time and i typically will uh, i have like a list in my notes app of all the books that i've been reading all year and it's split into months and i usually will publish it uh to like instagram and uh, patreon and stuff i will at the end of this year too <laughs> it's funny because like on that you can see like there's like these giant like columns where i'm reading like 12 13 14 books a month you know and then like you can see where i started like really editing and revising this book for and uh, over the summer it was for submission to an agent and then i got an agent and then my agent was like we need to get this in ship shape form for uh submitting to publishers so there's like this whole like four month period where I w- i'm not reading nearly as much as i was before um so you know i read three books this week i've been reading quite a bit lately but i'm gonna start writing again here pretty soon i'm gonna start drafting again and editing um i'll be editing while i'm drafting another book too and i mean uh, it's one thing to do what you love <laughs> and be surrounded by it but it's another thing to like do it to the point that you hate it so like i think that's a very healthy kind of like yeah. cosine wave of like approaching the, the your passions you know like don't 
always be bum rushing that son of yeah, a gun because like yeah. occasionally you're going to be tired of running you know and you're going to start resenting the thing that's making you sprint and be like man i started doing this for fun in the first place and then you know um you know it becomes something that it's that drives you away so i think that's healthy is what i'm saying i, th- I think it is too yeah i mean i'm really excited to get back into a rhythm i, th- I think i forgot to mention also that i was reading um there's a book that I think that I think you would like a lot, Chad, uh, called it's um, by Haruki Murakami called What I Talk About When I Talk About Running. Yeah, you mentioned that to me. Yeah, and I, I, um, I forgot to mention that I finished that, too. <laughs> but like uh, that was on audiobook and it's, I've already read it a couple times. But like um, I didn't finish the 48 Laws of Power. <laughs> that's probably fine <laughs> no nope, i just did you stop did you get any laws did you did you anything oh, for any, sure. any takeaways like yeah i got many little nuggets and like cool. some yeah. guiding principles and some like i guess things to look out for and definitely not to do myself okay that's good yeah yeah uh are there any other uh, are there any other um like nonfiction slash self-help books that you like had and had your eye on i feel like there's always a small little list i read um victor frankel's the man's search for meaning like three or four years ago and it was hands down one of the best like self-help i don't know if i'd call it a i don't know it's like a a guiding manuscript i guess yeah self-help book he like developed a whole field of psychology around that book awesome it's really good i've been thinking about rereading that the only other book that i even come close as far as like i don't know just kind of giving my mind a nice like shaking uh and and giving me some real different things to think about and having it presented me in an awesome way is the zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance and its way of looking at things and simplicity and man that book is very good I, i'm not gonna lie there were times of it that i was like i don't know like if you're not paying attention to what you're reading like don't try to speed your way through this book like really make sure that you understand it but like also good luck because there's times that it's just like wow this is like really heady all of a sudden and like i said he builds these big long like logic trains of like okay well this is so then this is so and this is so then this is how we approach this you're like great but if you don't remember some of the building blocks for that logical tree then the top can be a little dubious and i found myself going back quite a bit um so it's always a bit of an undertaking to read that book or books like that i've only read that one once Um, but i really want to read it again so those two i've been I guess maybe orbiting, but I haven't started reading any of them yet. I'm currently self-help bookless. Have you ever read uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hess? I have not, but I picked it up at Barnes & Noble one time. It's awesome. It's very, very good. You should check it out. It's a super short read. Uh, Herman Hess is terrific. It's the it, blue one with just like a... Yeah, it's a very famous Crisscross. Cover, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. very famous. Yeah. Chris- <laughs> crisscross. Crisscross. Yeah, applesauce. It's got some crisscross. It's got some applesauce on the front. It's blue, you know. <laughs> that, is, that is the pose, that as, as the Buddhists like to say. I'm clearly a trained yogi. <laughs> they say, they get in their temples and they say, all right, crisscross applesauce, everybody. Crisscross applesauce. I would laugh so hard if I... One of my friends, uh, her name is Sage, and she's, she's awesome. Uh, she is a she lives at a monastery here in portland and she's invited us to come out and meditate but we, it's just like on the other side of town we don't have cars um so it's like we don't have a car so it's like kind of difficult to get out there but i've never sat at a monastery but i'd really like to try it out because um I wonder what also, her life is like probably pretty chill you know it's uh, super chill probably that's uh that's where we took lincoln to have him euthanized was oh, really? uh yeah because not a service I was aware monasteries did. Well, I mean, like, there wasn't really much of, like, a service or anything. It was just, like, a peaceful, like, place to to be. You know, there's, like, chickens and it's just, like, a... It's, okay. like, it's just, like, a... Natural habitat. It's, like, a very quiet 
like peaceful like compound out in the kind of the these outskirts of Portland. Loud as hell. Bro. These chickens. <laughs> these chickens were not loud. They were really monk chickens. <laughs> these monk chickens were really cool. <laughs> Dude, if you read Beware of Chicken, uh, he was a monk chicken. So oh, you know, that's not pretty an awesome. original concept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like I, I definitely, I, I feel like sitting in that pose. Maybe I'm just like really out of shape, but like the crisscross, like straight back, kind of like meditative pose. Like I don't know, I don't know how long I could like sit like that because like they do like Man. 45 minute like sessions of like sitting like that, and it's like I would want to lay down. <laughs> Can I lay down? They take it to a whole new level too because yeah. they like tuck their ankles on top, and like I think I could do 30 or 45 minutes, though the last 10, 15 would be pretty painful of um, crisscross applesauce, but I certainly couldn't do five minutes two minutes of the like ankles on top i don't even know if i can get into that pose have you tried the test where you like you cross your legs and sit down and then you stand up from that position and it's supposed to like tell like because i can't do it like i'm I'm just too large and out i can of do shape. it you can so you can sit down with your legs crossed and then stand back up with your legs crossed again yeah huh so let me see it do it do it right now <laughs> all right i gotta see yeah yeah I know your camera's in kind of a weird. I don't know if you're gonna cheat. I can no, tell. I, I, I start with my legs crossed, right? You cross one okay. leg above around the other, yeah, and then you sit down. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's like stumbling around already. Okay, so you sat down. Your legs are crossed. Yeah. I can't see you. Yeah, All right, now so now stand back this is, up. This is my legs. All right, cool. Yeah, I see. You. They're, they're crosses. Right. Now stand. Put your hands up, up up over your head. I see your hands. All right, now stand back up. With your legs crossed. Uh, okay, so you're in good shape. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> like I had to get some momentum to go up onto my toes and then blast up. Oh, but I didn't I try crossed. that. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a momentum game for yeah, sure. I had to get on. I had to get into one knee. <laughs> Dude, one of the best party games I think I've played it with you while camping was the bag game. We picked that up with your mouth. Have you ever played that game? Uh, if we did oh, play game, it, okay. I... This is an awesome game. What are you doing? It's not awesome until you're a little not sober. So be warned on that front. But uh, you can turn it into a drinking game very easily. So you have a, it requires a bag. And what you do is everyone stands in a circle and bends over with one leg off the ground. So on one foot and picks up that bag with their mouth. Wait, what? From the ground? Without falling over. Yeah. So on one leg, you bend over and pick up the bag with your mouth. If you get it up, you're good. There's no way I could ever do that. You could. You could. For 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 stage one, you totally could. And if you fall over, you're out of the game. Or stumble at all, you know? Okay. And then once it goes around a circle, you take out some scissors and you cut about an inch of the bag off the top and it gets hairy, man. After you go around and around and around. I don't think I could do it at all, like even one time. Oh, you can because you can like, you can't like go down there and stay there, but you can kind of do these little swoops where you can go down there without like losing your balance, but it's real hard to not. I would lose. Um, Don't play it by the campfire camping. Made that mistake before. I'd lose Uh, Not a good around the campfire open flame sort of game. Um, lots of stumbling, but it's a fun one. Uh, okay, so I finished The Hobbit. Nice. Hell yeah. I've moved on to The Fellowship. It's a very different feel. Yeah, for sure. It was like so different I, that I didn't so read it until I was in my 20s after a couple of failed attempts. Oh, really? Know? Wow. Yeah. Dude, absolutely. I had a best friend growing up that was like, I would have like actually been less cool to him if I wouldn't have finished those books. So there was like a lot of pressure <laughs> on me to like not only love them, um, but to just like eat them all up. And I read them like twice in a row. Oh, wow. But uh, certainly skipped Elrond's Council the second time, and I don't know if I'm going to read it this time. I think on your 
based you off should, your you should opinion read it. that I'm going to. It's really important. I haven't read it in many, many, many years because I always skip it. You know what part you could probably skip? And I, this might make a lot of our listeners really mad, but I think you could probably skip the Tom Bombadil stuff. Dude, I, like, say, I, I love Tom Bombadil stuff, and I don't get that box checked with the movies, so... I would say if I'm it's your reading. first time reading Fellowship of the Ring, you should read the book in its entirety, of course. You should read the Tom Bombadil stuff. I'm reading it. Yeah, do it. Do you, man. Like, do you. I'm stoked. But yeah, once you get into Moria, oof, oof. Yeah. My goodness. So good. Yeah, for sure. I did also kind of like sidebar relevant. I read a bunch of like ancient Sumerian tablets, or at least the translations of them, and learned all about like the Anunnaki and how they genetically created the humans to harvest gold. And oh, one wow. day their planet, which is on like an elliptical orbit, so it only shows up every once like every 10,000 years, um, comes by and they'll, I don't know, demand a bunch of gold from us or something. I'm not really sure how that story ends, but it was some interesting origin of Earth lore from the Sumerians. So thank you, Sumerians, for those tablets. Thank you for those tablets, Sumerians. Cuneiform, killing it. Can I read it? No. Does my handwriting look like it? Yes. <laughs> Let me know when it's in paperback form. <laughs> yeah. The stone tablets were pretty rough. Pretty rough uh, format. Definitely didn't smell very good. <laughs> um, I watched a little bit more animeing on Netflix just because I've been rolling on that. And I'm not very far into it, but like three episodes of a short called My Damon on Netflix, which is like a post. Yeah, it could be a post-apocalyptic. After a nuclear explosion in the near future that causes Earth to collide with the one place we definitely don't want to collide with, hell. Um, <laughs> was not expecting proceeds, that. I, know, I thought you were going to say like was Venus or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hell. <laughs> Your in-law's house. Like, no. Uh, no, this was hell. Uh, the actual worst place for a place to collide with. And sure. uh, then the story goes on. So I'm kind of stoked to get into it. It has that awesome kind of new agey netflix animation that i don't know why but i'm just just sucker for i feel like it's kind of like top 40 animation like maybe like cracker jack animation maybe but it's really fun to watch yeah i still need to watch that the blue blue eye samurai yeah like, that was really that. good yeah, i know I that just, one like, stands been out in a tv mood lately dude fair enough but yeah that's kind of at the top of my like i'm still i've watched a little bit more one piece and stuff and it's just still like so delightful and awesome and um but like, I definitely want to just like crack through Blue Eye Samurai. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Blue Eye Samurai? Blue Eyed Samurai. Yeah, it's it's definitely exceptional and stands out as far as like the 10 shows whose names that I probably couldn't remember if you asked me to of the ones that I've like watched over the last two months or so. Yeah. That one is definitely the exception of the one that I'd be like, dude, watch that one. I remember the name. Is it as good as like Afro Samurai? Like, is it? I mean, I can't, <laughs> I know, I can't objectively a, say that because yeah. an Afro it. Samurai has like a very near and dear place in my yeah, heart I, I'm, and like the there's same, some nostalgia yeah. there it's so good you know yeah so good no it's not as good as <laughs> samurai. not even kind of <laughs> but it's a great watch okay cool it's a real and it's a really cool story with some interesting themes that don't get brought up very often and a like cool fresh like meaningful life lesson-y way to look at them and like how someone takes in pain and hardship and how they come out of it on the other side and kind of the the, the struggles that they go through in the pain and the hardship and the and the suffering because life is certainly a lot of suffering and how we react to it is probably one of the most important things so um, yeah, and this, this really capitalizes on that so i really liked it for that reason um you know it's not like super happy by any means but it's definitely a cool piece of art yeah no i would not say my daemon is anywhere on the level but it is like flashy and fun and a high contrast like anime adventure which i'm always down well i'm not 
always down for. I'm very moody about my anime, but I've really been like hitting hard trending on my anime for the last month or two. And, you know, to, to take that thought a little bit deeper, I would really recommend someone, especially if you're not engaging with content for the sake of making content, like reading a book so you can review a book. Um, if you're reading a book for the reasons that 99.9% of people read a book, which is like entertainment to get a little escapism, maybe to learn something. Those mood waves, you know, don't ever beat yourself up like what Evan's doing. He's got it on the back burner for the Blue-Eyed Samurai, but he's not like in a TV mood. So it's like, don't ever break your mood to be like, I should watch TV. No, you shouldn't. You should do it exactly what you want to do with your free time. <laughs> and like, yeah. I feel like we've all fallen into the trap of like, oh, I'm so behind on this and that. And it's like, man, don't let the fact that you haven't enjoyed something because you haven't been in the mood for it affect like the guilt you feel for not knowing that thing or being able to engage in certain conversations like engage with it when you want it'll be there waiting for you videos so be moody i think that's a, a really good way of going at it so yeah that completes my week i think i don't think that i watched anything else i was gonna try to watch another epic movie like because i watched interstellar last week and i was like maybe i'll have another like real nice chomper to talk about this one but i just never got around to it one thing i didn't do that i almost did like four times is restart the books of babel because like obviously i should not but like they've been calling my soul and like <laughs> yeah. five or six people in the last two weeks i've overheard or overread like conversations of people being just hyped on them and i've usually interjected with some hype of my own every time i've seen them uh you know who you are so man i just like really want to read them again i'm missing yeah, them they're I'm so missing good them. They captured my heart and they are calling me back. But I'm going to try to make it to the end of Malazan and Throne of Glass before reading like something that's got a hefty four books or more, you know? Sure. Yeah, it's a lot of rereading to do. Yeah. And like, you know, to be clear, I'm super stoked on Murtag to read it, but I'm not like, I don't want too much time to go by before I read this because then I'm going to feel like I need to read all three Aragon books. There's four? Three? There's four, huh? Four. He has yeah. four Aragon books again before yeah, I read Murtag. Just, and I no, don't want to do, do that. that. You could just look up. I know, but like, I'm going to feel like I need to do no, that. So but, I'm just, I'm just reading. Well, I'm it now. here to tell you, don't. <laughs> I know, but I'm going to feel don't Evan. And Bert's got my back, man. He sent it to me now, so I'm reading it now. There's like so many people like, like did I send you a book and you haven't I read know, it yet? Seriously. I'm sorry, oh guys. I'm being moody. I'm sorry. There's like books I got like two years ago from people, and it's just sitting on my shelf. I'm so I I, I think about you all the time. They still got the sweet little note that they sent me as the bookmark. I keep all, all of them. I've got a big stack of them. Yeah, I mean, I literally think about the people who sends us those those gifts every time I read that book because I move it as a bookmark. It's the best bookmark. Admittedly, not as cool or effective as the book dart, the ultimate piece of bookmarking keeping technology, but uh, it's more meaningful. That's for sure. Fun fact. That's it. The fun fact. All right. So I've got a kind of a fun one. It's a fun, fun fact? Yeah. I mean, I just had a lot of fun learning about it. Sure. I guess that's kind of a redundant thing to say, but oh, I'm yeah. stoked about the funness level of this fun fact because it's pretty fun. Okay. So back in 1938, despite movies or moving pictures being a thing, they weren't quite as popular of a vehicle for stories to be told and consumed in. So it was up to the radio and the station specifically. And our fun fact today is CBS's Mercury Theater. A popular show where authors and writers would get to air their works to the public. Wells had just finished writing his timeless classic, The War of the Worlds, and wanted to kind of switch up the presentation of how these stories get presented to the public. And so he didn't just tell the story. <laughs> uh, on the Mercury Theater, they presented the story like a radio station would if it was happening in real time. Like the alien invasion in New Jersey was just coming out and happening like right that second. They were reporting it very like they were actually in that moment and not saying like this is a story, which is great. And I'm sure captured 
um, many people's attention who knew what they were doing. But for everyone who just like missed the beginning or just logged into that radio, just tuned in halfway through, apparently it was quite widespread that many, many people thought that there was an actual alien invasion that was happening in New Jersey that was being reported on. Because like that was the whole point was to, like make it sound real. And so people started calling into public offices asking like what they should be doing to respond to this alien invasion. Some of the listeners, unfortunately, also called into other like local news outlets and radio stations and newspapers who eager for a good story and not wanting to be last in reporting the most important event since ever started reporting on it also. And so very quickly, we had this nationwide like news go out of an alien invasion and like many, many, many thousands of people thinking that it was actually happening and it was really going down in New Jersey and the War of the Worlds was being reported in real time as actual facts, so much so that H.G. Wells had to attend a... I think you mean Orson Wells. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, is it... It's confusing because there's... H.G. Wells is the author of War of the Worlds, but yeah. Orson Wells was the one that did the broadcast. Oh, that so, is so confusing, dude. My notes are like all over the place. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, I know quite, uh, I've, I've read a lot about this, about what you're talking about. Oh, is this about. one that everyone knows? I mean, like, it's pretty. Is this a popular one? I thought I discovered a gem. No, I like, no, so it's great. Like a really, I didn't want to like rain on your parade or anything. Uh, like, you weren't, you weren't expressing the level of excitement that I hoped that you would be going. I was like, man, he's not interested. This is a great story. No, dude. no. I mean, like, it is really interesting. I mean, like, cause it's, it's kind of been, it's almost been like debunked a little bit too. Um, oh, really? Like, well, like the, the level. No, no, no. It's it's a really cool thing. I mean, it's like it's almost like a it's almost like a, a myth or like urban legend kind of thing at this point where it's like over the years it's been because it's like was it 1938 or something like that where it's like it was broadcast and it did freak some people out, but only like two percent of the entire country was like listening to it. And what what a lot of people say Dude, is like two percent of like oh, it's a ton of people, but millions like what, of people is what I'm saying, thousands upon thousands. What I'm saying though is like I guess I'm just trying it, to protect my fun fact. It now. wasn't no no no. It, it, it was like it, it wasn't as intense as as people are. Well, how do I put this? It wasn't the frenzied frenzied panic. The hysteria that kind of like developed out of this was more attributed to the newspapers kind of like carrying on the totally news, you know what i mean so it was like it was like the broadcast went out a lot of people put calls in because they were listening to it and they were worried and i guess there was some like you know some frenzy and like some stuff happening where people were freaking out to a certain extent calls but, were made. but a lot of the kind of like weird hysteria that happened and had kind of like happened a little bit slower than than what the myths like because uh, like according to the myth like all we of think new about york things in new jersey time. right like all of new jersey just completely lost their minds and like went out and rioted and right, stuff right. And it's like no it's not really no, that, that it, was, it was like i was like um there was kind of like this weird like week that everybody had where like nobody really knew what was actually going is on it, because the newspapers had like picked it up too and not all of the newspapers obviously but a decent amount of the newspapers um so yeah like that is kind of like because i remember reading about it in school they taught it in school wow well, they didn't teach it but it was just Must like have been thing. something pre-high school it was like something one of my cool high school teachers wanted to talk about I was homeschooled up to high school well anyway i know that it is fact that uh i think it was H.G. Wells, uh, the radio announcer, not 
Orson Welles, the writer, had to around, go. Way what, did I get it wrong? Damn. <laughs> Orson Welles, wait, whatever. The 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 newscaster guy had to attend a meeting, like a press conference, the next day to try to like quell the concerns that apparently weren't that many from the general public, and you know push that information. Yeah, out. I mean, like I think that what would probably add a lot to how freaky that is is because you know, like radio and newspaper being pretty much the only like right now with the internet the way it is, it's like if you see a headline that's like uh oh, aliens are invading it's like you can kind of cross reference it and like you know you can check other sites you know like if bbc says it then uh maybe check al jazeera or like reuters or literally fact checking sites out there but well, like what i'm like what i'm saying though is like uh you know right now there's like radio there's tv there's the internet there's all kinds of different things but i think back then when you just had newspapers and radio um it must have been you know like you like to say nothing of the amount of um, maybe misplaced confidence that people would put into these uh, mediums uh, yeah. for, for periodicals and things like that. But like, uh, I mean, the ones who printed that story did exactly zero. <laughs> but, what like... I, but what I'm saying though, it's like, uh, you know, um, aside from the confidence, just like the limited amount of uh, mediums that you had to kind of like really corroborate things. And, you know, other than just yeah. like going outside and making sure that there weren't aliens, but it's like, even if you lived in New Jersey and they were reporting on it, it's like, how would you know for sure like what an alien invasion even really looks like? Right. It speaks to the speed of of, of information spread, you know, and like how we get information as compared to uh, back in the day. And those were very different. Not to mention Orson Welles being a really talented stage actor. Uh, probably delivered it. <laughs> like he probably oh, really, I'm sure he crushed. <laughs> he probably he really probably sold so it. Stoked. Yeah, he probably really sold it. Uh, and I guess there were like explosions and stuff going on. They like really. It was like a. <laughs> it was a production. Isn't it yeah, amazingly yeah. cool that we can say that it's so nice that like that whole industry has changed around. They're no longer muckraking or like telling fake stories or doing zero actual evidence searching before posting <laughs> stuff. Like, man, it's just so nice that that, that entire industry has oh, just man, been, like, awesome. evolutionized, yeah, you know? Yeah. Every time I go on the internet, I, I'm just so, so very positive. No, I'm just like honesty, integrity. Yeah. Too. yeah just reading, <laughs> just reading everything. Totally true all the time. Yeah. Just a fantastic place to be. Yeah, I remember when I learned uh, in school about like muckraking, and um, it's one of my favorite terms for. It's a really good talking yeah. about an irresponsible journalist. I feel like it's so prevalent now that it's almost like pointless to even be like, "Oh, that's muckraking." It's like, yeah, it's so is like every other. Because I mean, I think that the um, the natural the natural like evolution of muckraking, I, I imagine, would be um, slanderous. Uh, well, and and just like rage bait. Like type stuff you know what i mean like just stuff that's just like has like the tiniest seed of truth to it but it's like right like an onion a, article um well i, I think <laughs> i think the onion article is like deliberately oh is, of it, course it's 100 um, satirical but what i'm saying is more more stuff that's like like a you know because most people only read headlines right so sure, it's yeah, like on it's, so it's like reddit will like you know on like the 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 politics or whatever it's like uh, they'll have like a headline and it's like it's phrased in like certain ways right. where it's We've like outlawed this there yeah it's like technically like everything every word in this headline is like technically 
not wrong but right. like yeah, like not yeah but it's like they're like but then highly you would, defined legalistic words that mean right. very specific things in the setting or it's like just because of the nature of how you can write copy and like the the, the nature of the way that the english language works you can be really like you can make a really sticky headline that's actually not what the article is about like at all and totally. i've been fooled so many times and like then like gone and read the article and it's like wait this is like not even close to as bombastic and like, like horrible you definitely got to be careful of the stories you tell and you got to be careful of the stories that you hear but the most important ones are the stories that you tell yourself and allow <laughs> yourself to believe you know those ones are the man. real biggies that we have to control man it'd be uh be really awesome if um news media wasn't predicated on freaking people out and i know like, like getting people to kicks. i mean dude because even on like tiktok and stuff it's just like the algorithms trained the stuff that does really well is like someone is yelling into their phone but it's like you know what i mean like it's it's like and oh, i'm totally I, i'm not saying like i'm above that or anything but it's just interesting how you do try uh, to be though well, I mean, like, I think my... Like, yeah, you have your emotional burst down moments, but you're, like, fairly responsible online with the, like, I amount mean, of raging that you do, you know? I suppose. I mean, like, I have a lot of uh, deleted videos of me yelling into my phone, um, but I don't <laughs> post them because yeah. I don't want to deal with... I don't want to deal with it. But my content even... Like, if you go back and, like, watch some of my videos from, like, two years ago, like, my cuts are not as fast. I'm talking, like, much quieter. Uh, the lighting is a lot dimmer. You've gotten far better at your craft. Well, yeah, but like I, I've noticed what works and what like what what I mean. And this, and if you're trying to make TikTok videos and stuff, and you're listening right now, like your cuts have to be perfect. Right. Like, as and fast what you're saying is one possible. thing that works is negativeness. I get well, what you're going with thing, that. Yeah, like, like being being like I, I've noticed that like my videos where and they're very few and far between, obviously, but like uh, my videos where I don't like something seem to do a lot better. The ones where I talking pretty evenly about something or or, or even that i do like something so it's like but so if i made a video tomorrow that was like the like these are the top 10 authors i hate reading you know what i mean like that would get a lot more traction than these are the top 10 authors i love reading while the latter would do fine the former would do much better because a bunch of people in the comments would like people would feel a need to say something because i've 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 positioned that video negatively and so people have like this kind of knee-jerk reaction to respond to negativity with either negativity or positivity uh whereas with positive videos you're going to get about half the amount of, of interactions because people typically only respond positively to positive typically big underline under the word typically the uh, positive to positive videos um but I've been really tempted before to be like, these are the worst books I read in 2023. These are the worst stories. I've, these are the worst books I've ever read. The worst fantasy books to start with, like the worst authors in the world. Like, you know, I mean, it's inviting so much negativity that I personally like I'll, I'll take the hit to my views and my engagement. I don't want videos like that. I mean, I did an April Fool's joke early. I think it was earlier this year. God, this year has been long. Uh, I think it was earlier this year I made an April Fool's joke where I was like, the, these are the top 10 most overhyped books, you know? Yeah, and I it, was, it was an April Fool's joke. And like, yeah, I'm watching people, being like, this is off brand. And I, and I came out swinging too. It was like, yeah, it, you it, did. it was like, it was such an intense video. And <laughs> a little too intense. And um, you had a like lot a of the comments, moment. a lot of the comments were like really mad at me. 
like and they and you know obviously people were like oh you got me it's april fools and stuff but like some of the comments were like i know it's april fools but i i i don't like this like don't make stuff like this i'm aware that some people in the world do have that opinion and you reminding me of that is really ruining my day seriously yeah but it's like even though people who could hear need to hear a little bit more maybe so that was a that was a negative video that was the most negative video i've ever made uh, but it was an April Fool's joke. But it was like, dude, th- I went hard with it. I went as negative as I could. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I could have gone way worse. But like, <laughs> but... Dude, have you listened to our episode about the third book from the Ark of the Scythe? Because yeah, that is a, a little... hilariously funny and pretty negative. <laughs> it's pretty. That's about as negative as we've got on the podcast. Uh, I've I listened think to it that... a few times because it's really funny. And I guess I'm showing my bias towards negativity right there. Dang it, dude! I'm seriously, no, like... I'm no different. I'm so basic in my negativity. I do really find it so super funny. <laughs> I think um, Neil Schusterman was following me on Instagram, and he is oh no God. he is no longer following me on Instagram. We know you're not watching this so... episode. Oh, we yeah. Um... Um, I felt like, yeah, that was, that was definitely, (laughs) we tore that book apart. I'm like, sorry, but I mean, I think we're, you know, we, I always try to be as charitable as possible. I try to be as charitable as possible. Um, (laughs) You saying something that makes it sound like you're being nice is really actually saying that it was making it worse because like you being trying. I being charity as possible and then releasing that episode means like there's really nothing good in this book guys <laughs> but you I know what it. I mean like we're allowed to have one or two of those every now and then I think so like I we think actually think about it. it's fine it's fine yeah. you know, I try, so, we, we gotta approach everything with, with, as, with as good uh, with as much positivity as you can but you know sometimes stuff right. just doesn't sometimes stuff just doesn't it's just not hitting, yeah. you know? It's yeah, and not... you know, knowledge is power. That's why we know about our negativity bias, so we're aware of it. So I won't go listen to that episode and laugh a bunch multiple times. I just kind of revel in it because <laughs> I think it's funny. And we'll be aware of what we're doing and our proclivities, and so we can be free from them and be more deliberate and uh, intentional. I feel like with that episode, you can, like, feel... You can, like, hear me kind of, like, trying to pull back and then being like, <laughs> yeah, no, dude. no, I and have to say... Like... smashed in and you're like yep we're going there oh my gosh Uh, (laughs) we gave up very quickly Uh, but i think that it's cool that and i I don't know i think very culturally foundational for you and me particularly that we do try to focus on the positive and not the negative because you know there's i mean i think that there's just views of things out there online already with reviewing art you know what i mean i feel like it's it's usually best practice at least you know my my main philosophy on it is to like stick as close to the story as you possibly can don't tear down the author don't tear down like personal lives and things i mean and no, sometimes, don't even go looking honestly some, sometimes it's it's connected right and this isn't right. this isn't a separate the art from the artist conversation what i'm saying though is like if you are going to critique we should have that conversation the, sometime, oh my god dude i don't even i'm so sick of that conversation you know, like a fun one it's, it's not a fun conversation i feel it's, like i haven't had it where have i been <laughs> I have opinions anyway, that I think anyway. are really valid, so <laughs> I'm down to die on some hills. <laughs> if you are, if you are critiquing stuff, I th- I think that like it's it's usually best to kind of like like stick to the story elements, um, and like stick to the book, stick to the the album, stick to the game. Like talk about that as as much as you. There's so much in there that you can talk about, and that's what people are there to hear about anyway. Right. I mean, you should never be like, I read Ark of a Scythe and Neil Schusterman sucks. That's like not the takeaway. But like you no, can say, and this that. book but was I've, awful. See, but, but that's that's what I would consider a bad review of something. Certainly, yeah. You know me what too. I mean? And not even just like it's mean. Not even just like 
um, I didn't like this book because this author did this thing separate from this book. Like, I think that that's a, it's a fairly respectable thing, depending on the context. Um, it depends on a lot of different things, but like, uh, if you are reviewing something and you're like, this thing is objectively bad and therefore the author is an objectively bad, um, author. And it's, it's just like, that's a boring, it's just boring. Like, you know what totally. I mean? Like that like, has no nuance and like real life not, has nuance. Like, like not executing or getting away with a certain medium of art is not a moral failing. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's likely actually like a person not executing in a way that rubs up against your taste does not make the person that made it a bad person. No. Well, anyway, I feel a little bad that the, and you didn't do this. Don't feel bad. I know you're going to feel bad when I say what I'm going to say, but don't feel bad. I feel like the, the, like the, the, Momentum got a little deflated out of my fun fact. I was so excited <laughs> for that so awesome sorry. like story yeah. that raged across the no, nation like and everyone thought there was like an actual it. alien invasion. I was like, I found a fun fact. This one's great. And it's bookish. Um, well, I'm sure there's some people listening that hadn't heard that before. I just I felt the need to like come in and correct some of it. But like, I feel the lessons we learned were more valuable than the fun story, honestly. <laughs> as know? always Which happens is, with the fun exactly fact. Exactly don't take things that you hear on their face value, which is the lesson that those people in that story should have learned uh, that I clearly didn't learn from <laughs> them learning it. So, you know, there was a Whoa. lot of lessons being learned. Yeah. All right, everybody, that's going to do it today for us for the Monday Morning Minute. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Chad and I have a, uh, the the episode for Wrath, the final book in Faithful and the Fallen coming out later this week. Hopefully we'll get Dark Age read this week, but uh, we'll definitely be reading Skullamance. So don't hesitate to hit us up through the email or through the discord if you haven't joined the discord we also have a patreon which helps out a ton as i mentioned last week the little questionnaires that go out on spotify some people answer really awesome things so i'm gonna give out like random shout outs oh, sure. for people yeah. being super positive uh leah redis cleary said my favorite podcast i say brk for monday mornings when i am driving home from the night shift because it's engaging and keeps me awake while i am driving so thanks for keeping me alive every week saving lives you're welcome saving lives thank you leah beautiful excellent i like to end with a little positivity you know and leah provided it for us today thank you so much leah uh, also and i'm not going to do like two every week but this one's also important and super relevant zach r said would love it if you guys could add all of the older podcasts to spotify having to use the youtube app to listen to the books of babel review has been a major hassle love the pod thank you so much for that zach we've gotten so many messages from everyone so thank you for letting us know that the older podcast episodes were not getting pushed out to all of the platforms that uh that little faux pas has been corrected remedied we have every podcast episode it was so sad to not have that like hundreds of hours of content that we've put a lot of time into making available for everyone and that's like the evergreen stuff you know yeah. and so i was really sad about it but that has been rectified every episode that we have done is now available on all channels um we are clear to go oh i have one review here to read this is from roger jones three from uh, earlier this month it's a five-star review that says love this i love listening to evan and chad talk books and enjoying each other glad i found my way here i feel like i'm hanging out with them while i listen i especially appreciate how they find value even in books they we were just Aww, talking about the value in them. books that they don't love my only problem is i can't keep up with all the books they recommend uh you and me both roger i can't <laughs> i can't keep up with anything either so you're in good company roger uh all of you listening you're in very good company too uh because chad and i love each and every one of you we thank you so much for listening to these episodes and uh yeah, we'll the best you, company we'll see you next week um and probably before that because we got some stuff to do we have some work to do damn straight uh, but uh that's it for tonight or today 
We're totally recording this during the day, not right before we have to release it because definitely we, not last minute. Yeah, not at all. Uh, but I love all of you. I love you, Chad. Love you so much. I love you, Evan. Uh, everybody, hope you have an awesome rest of your day, and of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody.